This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This is Hemet. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast to support the show. A couple quick notes for you here. Um, I will be speaking in Denver this Saturday, September 30th. You can find more information at secularhub.org. Secularhub.org. I am camping this weekend, and you can find more information at Nowheresville, USA. Very nice. Got you. And then next week, we have a party. Yeah. I can't believe it's next week. The world is happening very quickly. Um, We are celebrating five... are we? 500 episodes. Wait, I know 500. I'm asking what episode are we on right now? Uh, by the time we have the party, we will have aired 499. Perfect. Yeah, just like in the movies. Um, yeah, we're really excited to celebrate with everybody. It's at Solemn Oath in Naperville, Illinois. Um, pets are friendly. Dottie will be there. Kids are friendly, too. You can bring your own food. Um, hope to see a lot of people there. I'm really, really excited. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. I'll go get out of the house. It'll be good. I'm going to put on makeup. It's going to be fucking Very nice. wild. So this week, let's start with... I, I figured there's like three or four wild stories that'll take up. Your reactions will take up the entire episode. Okay. So you'll have fun with this. Yeah, okay. And it's 11.30 a.m. And I'm about to leave for out of town. Hemant has some mysterious I have thing many to get to. So we're not speaking at 1.5 speed. We're just trying to slam jam through. Damn and right. Keep my comments to uh, only essential ones. Oh, you'll have many of those <laughs> too. Don't worry. Okay, so let's start with this story involving the Southern Baptist Convention, because let me remind you of what they have been through mm, or what they've like done. Like you need to remind I know. me. I listen when you talk sometimes. <laughs> In 2022, there were revelations that the SBC, uh, over the pe- previous decade, more than 250 Southern Baptist Convention staffers or volunteers had been charged with sex crimes against more than 700 victims. Mm-hmm. We also learned in their own investigation that a private list of alleged predators that was not shared with member churches included, quote, 703 abusers with 409 believed to be SBC affiliated, as in like actual members, Mm -hmm. pastors, whatever. The situation was so bad that the Department of Justice has announced it's investigating multiple SBC entities, though not individuals, about the mishandling of sexual abuse cases. That investigation is ongoing. This comes after news outlets reported on how because the Catholic Church is like a hierarchy, but the SBC is like, hey, churches, do your own thing, but like contribute to the... Yeah, it's an interesting sort of dynamic to work through. Because it's like that, there's you can't even accuse them of shuffling pastors because there's no internal system Mm. that's keeping track of where problematic pastors are going. Mm -hmm. And so it's a lot harder to kind of document who's the bad people, where they go, and if they get fired from one place, which they should be, Mm -hmm. what's stopping them from just magically reappearing like a state over and working there? Nothing really. And that's part of their problem. That's why some think that the law should be involved and maybe take these people off the streets. You would think. But the reason I bring all this up is that in the Southern Baptist Investigation's own investigation, like when they (laughs) release their documentation of... Yeah, this is what's going on in our house, and we need to put a stop to it. There was a section 
about allegations against a former SBC president whose name is Johnny Hunt. And Johnny I'm, Hunt? Johnny Hunt. <laughs> and I'm going to read you uh, part of this. So there is your warning. I'm going to get, it's going to get graphic in a second. But according to the report, there were allegations of abuse committed by executive committee members. These are actual leaders in the SBC who are also part of the problem. And the allegation was so credible that the people who did the investigation hired by the SBC are like, yeah, we got to include this because it's credible. The allegation is that... This is a former president This is a former president. Mm -hmm. He ran the SBC from 2008 to 2010. Mm. And the allegation was that he sexually assaulted another woman in July of 2010, Hmm. which is right after he completed his second one-year term. So he had just stepped down as the highest-ranking, like, Southern Baptist leader, and now he's accused of doing this thing. Oh, Okay. So uh, so is two years like a normal term to be One year thing? is a normal term. If there's like, if there's something big happening and like there's a lot of gotcha. drama, you might keep the dude around for okay, another so year. it's not surprising that he stepped down. It's just surprising right. that immediately after he stepped down, he started to fuck it's, around. In a way, it's like president. You are now back to being a civilian mm. and you can go back to your home church and you're just the past president of the SBC. Sure. But according to the allegations, and we don't know the name of the victim, we don't know the name of her pastor husband, which is why she got uh, involved in all of this. Uh But basically, Johnny Hunt, according to the report, quote, groomed the couple with flattery and promises of help in ministry. What the report said is that at the Southern Baptist Convention's annual meeting that year, Hunt invited this couple to spend time with his family at a beach. He was on sabbatical. It was planned. So he's on vacation, enjoying some time off. This couple happens to be there with him. They grew close, him and his wife, the pastor and his wife. They grew closer. And at a later date, hey, look, that woman happens to be staying also at the same area. And Johnny Hunt said, hey, I know a condo you can stay at. It's a nice place. Oh, it happens to be right next door to me, but I'm not going to mention that. Okay, a little sketchy, but interesting. Weird that he didn't mention it? Very weird he didn't mention that. She did not know know he was next door. She got the recommendation from him. She did not know he was just staying next door. Okay. So one night... I hate this so far. Oh, I'll I'll read it to you in a second, and it'll get bad. So again, fair warning. But one night when both of them were alone, he basically comes o- invites himself over to her place. No. And it takes a dark turn. Here's me reading what it says, okay? I'm going to back up from this yep. uh, mic. How about that? Yep. Dr. Hunt then moved towards Survivor and proceeded to pull her shorts down, turn her over, and stare at her bare backside. He made sexual remarks about her body and things he had imagined about her. During this time, Survivor felt frozen. Survivor said these were some of the longest moments of her life. She mustered the courage to ask him if she could turn back over. And Dr. Hunt said yes. When she turned back over, she began to pull up her shorts. Dr. Hunt then pinned her to the couch, got on top of her, and pulled up her shirt. He sexually assaulted her with his hands and mouth. Suddenly, Dr. Hunt stopped and then stood up. Survivor pulled down her shirt. Survivor said she did not want him to ruin his ministry... At which he responded, he did not want to ruin hers. I think that's her way of saying, don't do this. Oh, I don't want sure. It. Okay, back to reading. But he then forced himself on her again by groping her, trying to pull her shirt down, and violently kissing her. Survivor did not reciprocate, but rather stood eyes open and very stiff, hoping he would just stop and leave. He finally stopped and left. 
The victim said that Hunt spoke to her very shortly after that and told her, I would like to have sex with her three times a day. That's according to the report. What is it with... D- I know this is an important thing. Once a day is fine, you guys. <laughs> Nobody's impressed by your dick. It was only the next morning that he told her he apologized, he begged for forgiveness, and he asked her to keep this a secret. Did he give any ex? Explanation? Did he nope. at least try not to according, say, like, I'm not, drunk? And not according to doing? the document. Um, and the, so, w- so he begged for forgiveness by showing what kind of attrition? Mm, no idea. I don't know that there was any. But he just said, like, hey, keep this on the DL and forgive me. And well, and I'm, sure he fr- I'm sure it was framed of this is as embarrassing for you as it is for me. You don't want to cause a scandal. I'm it's sure it was. I'm just telling you what it said. I, I am reading between the lines. Yes. Haven't? All right, off yes. we go. So, Fuck this shit. Go ahead. That was part of his sabbatical, right? That was <laughs> planned. He was supposed to take that time off. And the plan was, well, you've been Southern Baptist Convention president for two years. Mm. That's a big responsibility. Take some time off. And after you're done, come back home to your home church and start preaching there again. That's what, that's what the plan was. Sure. Well, shortly after all this happened, he announced he would be extending his break, quote, citing physical and emotional exhaustion. What we did not know at the time, and this is what we are finding out now, mm-hmm. is that without telling his congregation, uh, Hunt went through a secret restoration process that included counseling sessions with the woman he had fondled, and her husband. They all went to counseling together because those two people had something to do with it. And then he returned to the pulpit shortly thereafter. So he extended his break. During that break, he's like, I should see a counselor, probably a Christian counselor. I don't know that for sure. But also, you know who else needs to get counseled? It's the victim. Well, she does, but on her own terms and probably right. not with her attacker would, in the uh, room w- w- would it's... probably be my my personal demand i guess for, mm-hmm. for therapy so that happened in 2010 oh and sure. for a dozen years no one knew any of this happened this poor woman's mm-hmm. walking around with this hunt and re- her husband is in on it not well he, on he's it, aware, aware of, of it. it what about his the pastor's wife no idea okay irrelevant Apparently, uh, it's um, a woman. Who gives a shit what right? she thinks? Uh, Johnny Hunt then retired from his home church in 2019 and then took on a new role as senior vice president for the SBC's North American Mission Board and became a preacher and public speaker. And when you're a prominent Southern Baptist leader, there are plenty of churches who will pay you good money to come speak at their churches, so it's lucrative as well. Apl- so Apply this how you will. I... Uh, I'm finding it increasingly frustrating to watch men fail up. And by fail up, I mean do something horrific and then don't apologize and then say, oh, I need to do this phony baloney job that you fucking know is four hours a week max that he does from home. He just like fucking signs. I'm so exhausted by these rich dudes maintaining their wealth and status in spite of fucking everything where the rest of us are quite literally falling apart at mm-hmm. the seams. Yeah. Falling up is, it happens a lot. Uh, here's the thing. All that happened in 2010. Yeah. No one publicly knew any of this stuff went down. I don't think the victim spoke out about it. Mm. And it, she doesn't have to. Johnny Hunt certainly didn't tell anyone this thing happened. But no one knew about this stuff until 2022 when the SBC publicized its report on sexual abuse, including, like, 
internally, here's what has been happening. And that was a bombshell of a report. It was good. It was, mm-hmm. it was as honest as I would have expected, as I could have expected right. it to be. So until that report was made public, you couldn't really connect the dots between like, why did this guy take all this time off? What was going on behind the scenes? So initially, Johnny Hunt denied all the allegations. What? Yeah, I know. He claimed everything was consensual. He committed a sin, but it was consensual. Why is that okay, though? Like, it wouldn't like, be, but it's even, a lower level sin. But regardless, like if you're a pastor and I mean, I guess they just do all sins are the same. So like yeah. if you sin in your mind, you sin in your that's, heart or that's Jesus what, or that's whatever. That's the party line. But in reality, there but are like, some sins are worse than others. right thinking people think that sexual assault is a shade worse than imagining a woman naked, I right. think, right, in right, my right. opinion. But in their opinion, everything's a sin. All the same. It's yes. all bad. So he just said, I committed a sin. I have asked God to forgive me, but also it was consensual. So don't be mad at me. That's so he's accusing line. her of lying. Essentially, we're getting there. But by the end of 2022, after the Not report was published, literally. Sure. By the end of 2022, after going through another restoration program, because now this the is all public. The first one didn't work? First one. Why? I know. With this woman again? But after he went through this. No, not again. Not okay. with her. Okay. But this time, after he did it, after the report came out, mm. he was declared, quote, eligible to return to professional ministry, which he did. Earlier yeah. this year, he was back in the pulpit preaching as if nothing ever happened. Now, there were never any criminal charges filed against him. Mm-hmm. Like you said, failing up his professional career didn't really suffer any hits. If this is cancel culture, he wasn't canceled. The SBC doesn't seem to care. But here's the news that came out this week that was shocking to me. He seems determined to get the last word here because his reputation is like Ravi Zacharias now, the late Mm. Ravi Zacharias, which is, oh, it's a sexual predator. He's not known, uh, Johnny Hunt will not be known as the past president of the SBC. The line will be, oh, he's an alleged sexual assaulter. But he doesn't want that to happen. So this past spring... Well, you know what I do to avoid being called a sexual assaulter? Do you not do it? Uh Uh-huh. I avoid sexual assault. Every day of my life. Look at you. So this past spring, Johnny Hunt filed a defamation lawsuit against the Southern Baptist Convention saying they ruined my life by including me in their report about sexual abuse. According to his lawyers, the encounter, quote, involved only kissing and some awkward fondling. Infidelity, yes, but not assault. Also, he says, his lawyers say... Sorry, 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 yes, sorry, yes. sorry, 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 sorry. Some awkward fondling. That's his words. Uh, from what my understanding is, this man put his hand into her body. That's what the allegation is. So, some awkward fondling. I'm sure it was awkward for him because he could only get half a chub because he had been, like, fucking drinking whiskey all night or whatever. I don't think awkward fondling really... I like how when I tell you this dude is super litigious, your answer is, I'm going to make more allegations. Yeah, no, fucking come for me, dude. Yeah, yeah, you raped a woman. Come sue me. Good luck getting my garnishing my $13 an hour wage, <laughs> assholes. His lawyers also said, well, he's not the Southern Baptist Convention president anymore. He's just a civilian, so you didn't need to include him in the report. Are you sure? That's what they said. And they said it was, quote, a strategic decision to deflect attention from the SBC's historical failure to take aggressive steps to respond to reports of child sex abuse and other sex crimes child in its past. Sex exi- That's what the report was about. So the, oh, 
But they're saying you guys have such a bad history. You're trying to deflect from the sexual abuse by talking about our guys' sexual abuse. But it's not like the implication is we're talking about the children and like who gives a shit if adults are being abused? They're adults. But here's the line. This is the one that set me off. Oh, oh, it hasn't happened. I know. I know. Here's the line in the that they just. Like the lawsuit was filed in the spring, and since then they are filing motions, like as the case progresses in court. Mm. But in a recent memorandum, basically the denomination is saying, Hey, judge, just dismiss the case. Yeah. And Hunt's lawyers are like, No, 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 don't dismiss it. We have a very valid claim here. In their response, what they said is in Hunt's. In Hunt's, Hunt's lawyer's responses, he wasn't the pastor of the SBC. He wasn't a member of the executive committee at the time of the incident. Wait for it. He was merely a private citizen whose marital fidelity was nobody else's business. That's the one that got set you off? That's the one that set me off Not because... About undermining someone's oh, sexual assault? All That's... of that set me off a long time ago. Sure, sure, sure. The reason this one is like, yeah, you guys, is... my marital fidelity is no one else's business because... First of all, citing the SBC's historical failure to deal with sex abuse right. as an excuse for them going all out and describing sexual abuse, that's that's wild. Yeah. Like, why that's... didn't the SBC do enough to stop men like me, is what his There's lawyers are really, saying. He's really clutching at straws, <laughs> huh? He also, to file defamation, you have to say the SBC knew the allegations were untrue but published them anyway, and there's no reason to think the SBC... Oh knew this was false. They didn't just throw this in there. It wasn't false. Well, it was an allegation, and they said, we think it's credible, so we want the... Isn't the, that what everything is, is allegations in that report? Or, cause like, oh, there's plenty of proof to back up some of the abuse claims in the report, but that was an allegation that the investigators thought was credible enough that they said, this is something you should have yeah. picked up on and you didn't do enough to stop it. But the defamation, if you want to sue someone for defamation... The only way that works is you have to say they knew this was wrong, yeah. but they did it anyway. They said it anyway. And the thing is, there's no reason to think the SBC was like, well, we know Johnny didn't actually assault anybody. We're going to throw this in there just to right. deflect and get him. I don't know what ev- evidence they have to do that. So the defamation thing is not going to work. But also, okay, the, going back to the thing that set me off. This is a preacher, Johnny Hunt, who has made everybody else's sex life his business when it's consensual. Oh, yeah. And Christian now he wants privacy over his alleged assault. Just to give you some uh, reminders here. Johnny Hunt signed the 2017 Nashville Statement, which was vehemently anti-LGBTQ. It said marriage must be between a man and a woman. Sure. All married couples need to be monogamous. What? Yep. That doesn't feel enforceable. Enforceable. And, the tran- and trans people don't exist. That's the Nashville statement. He signed his name to that. He also signed the SBC Ethics and Religious Liberty Commission's statement on marriage, which came out after the Obergefell ruling by the uh. Supreme Court legalizing marriage equality, which said that the decision is the result of, quote, marriages decline through divorce, cohabitation, and a worldview of almost limitless sexual freedom. They're so mad that gay people could get married. I love when they threaten us with a good time like that. It's so funny. To... So he signed Golly, that. You're, that's such gay a good Gay people point, are Hunt. ruining marriage. And by the way, in 2008, the same, at the same convention when Johnny Hunt was elected the president of the SBC, the executive committee at the time also issued a statement condemning sexual abuse in all forms, which oh, as we now know, like, well... 
that was all words, what no do action. What you think sexual abuse is, friends? <laughs> they, you say it first. That, that uh, document said, even though the number of Southern Baptist ministers who are sexual predators may seem to be relatively small, um, we must be on the I watch. I thought the opposite uh-huh. was going to happen. It may seem like more <laughs> pastors said, on average are Even though it's relatively small, we must be on watch and take immediate action against those who prey on the most innocent among us. One sexual predator in our midst is one too many. Mm. Anyway, here's our new president, Johnny Hunt. Can I talk briefly about um, the satanic panic? <laughs> because I feel like there's parallels here. Uh, I just listened uh, the Stan Esoteric po- uh, Political History a podcast I listened to did an episode about the Satanic Panic. Oh wait, no, may- maybe it's ninety nine percent invisible. Not important. The point is, there was a hour plus long training video for police officers in the nineteen eighties to learn how to spot Satanists, and this is what you look for. It's a star, but it's upside down, and this is literally a thing that was circulated widely in the in the eighties. Because of the satanic panic. People genuinely believed there was a satanic panic. And cops took this shit seriously. So I bring that, and it was a huge fucking fuck up. People's lives were ruined. People went to jail over this sort of perceived satanic panic. And I bring that up because it feels like they know how to target people. They know how to go after people. Once they set their sights on a group, they're going to fucking take them down. They're doing their best with the gay population. They're certainly doing their fucking damnedest with the trans population. And if they are properly motivated, those people will go fucking ham on abusers. But instead, they want to make up these fantasy white knight bullshit things that are like, ooh, these creepy, kooky people are trying to get your children and trying to make them into monsters the way they did in the satanic panic when this scary, stark reality is... You're go- like if you are going to be sexually assaulted, it's probably going to be by somebody you know. If your kid is going to be kidnapped, it's probably by somebody they know. That is. I promise s- you, teachers don't have time to groom your children. Truly. They're not doing it. They don't care. Truly, so your I, children aren't that special. <laughs> I, I just want us to maintain this sort of like w- w- overhead view of when the right, when the police, when Christians decide to take action against a villain, what villains they target. And it's usually Satan, and it's usually <laughs> gay people, trans people, child molesters, they don't seem as interested in I that, can't actually. imagine why. And the thing is, if this guy wasn't an anti-LGBTQ preacher who made sexual ethics like a focal point in his personal ministry, mm. maybe you yeah. can make the argument this doesn't have to be a public story, though because of sexual assault, it should be. And if uh, he used his religious authority to gain her trust. Right. Uh, so like if that's... one of us cheats on our spouse, that's not news for people because we are not people who are like, this is how marriage do. Or, right. you know what I mean? There like... was a dude who uh, was the brother of an Obama administ- uh, official, Obama administration official. A brother, not a guy elected to office, who was caught doing something like that. And one of those like tabloidy type of websites wrote a whole article. We caught this guy doing something wrong. They had to take that down real fast, but not before the damage was done. And the reason everyone's like, okay, he did something unethical, sure. But also, who cares? That guy's not important. Mm -hmm. And also, like, he's the brother of a low-ranking like administration official. And he, Why what, are you writing? Somebody? No. Oh, totally consensual. What? He, oh, was, he just cheated. Yeah. And again, the response was, "Why is this news for everybody? 
why are you as a publication trying to ruin this guy's life? Because mm. it's not like this is hypocrisy. It's not like he's an important official who is trying to say one thing but doing right. another. So why is this news? In Johnny Hunt's case, absolutely news. This falls under... By the way, if you want to... Like if you're a moral leader, we get to peek into your yes. moral life. That's right. And he's not the only Christian leader who has done this. Ted Haggard, Jerry Falwell Jr. also had their reputations taken down for similar reasons, but mm. I would at least argue with those two guys... Didn't assault anybody. Yeah. Who was the Speaker of the House who assaulted all those kids? Um, Denny Hastert. Yeah. Hey, he's been from our backyard. Good for us. I know. Life um, is really good and happy. But the weird thing to me is, if you're Johnny Hunt, why are you filing a defamation lawsuit? Why are you trying to make sure this, this story stays in the public eye? Effect. Seriously. Um, it truly is. Like, why, we wouldn't be talking about it if he didn't do that. Do people know what the Streisand effect is? Yeah, they know the okay. Streisand effect. It's basically effect. if you try to, like, cover something up, it's going to draw more attention to it than if you just sort of let it happen yeah. anyway. Religion News Service, uh, Bob Smetana, wonderful reporter there. I mean, he's been covering this since the lawsuit was filed. And again, part of me is like, he's right to report on it. Yeah. But also, he didn't have to report on it, except you filed a stupid lawsuit trying to not get people to talk about this. Truly. It's like, what are and you doing? honestly, his name is John Hunt. He can just move to a different state and nobody <laughs> would... Tra- he's ungoogleable. Right, right. With spring finally in view, you might be thinking about inviting over some friends for an outdoor meal. I know I'm looking forward to that. And that means you should be thinking about ButcherBox. You can skip the grocery store knowing you have the food you trust in your freezer. I know that might sound strange coming from me since I'm vegetarian, but they have a high-quality veggie burger that I absolutely love. They have options for pescatarians, too. The food is high-quality, grass-fed, and free-range. More than anything, it'll give you peace of mind knowing everyone who eats it will enjoy it. You get free shipping, too. New users will receive their choice of two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken thighs, or one pound of premium steak tips for a whole year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com friendly and use code friendly to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Speaking of... Uh, Googling stuff. Something I don't know where I was Jessica going with that. Jessica I saw Mitt. I saw the name Mitt Romney, and I thought he could move to Utah. Nope, stupid segue. But it was too late. Anyway, uh, sorry. This is a poll that just came out. Uh, it, Romney leaving yes, his a couple seat? days ago. No, oh. the story was this is uh, Deseret News, based out of like Salt Lake City. They did a poll where they basically asked uh, registered voters whether a certain they're going to name political figures and you have to tell us, do you think this person is a person of faith? Of faith. That's it. That's and the whole the question. For this poll? Registered voters. Period. Period. Okay. Um, and what's amazing, who's the, among Republican registered voters, who is the person they most, mind you, Deseret News. This is Utah. Ooh. What? Who did they say oh. was the person of faith more so than anybody else? I mean, I feel like Mitt Romney is going to be the wrong answer. You would think it would be Mitt Romney, and you are correct. That's not the correct answer. Okay, so okay, I want a clue. Is it uh-huh. like is it Utah centered? Like, it's is not. It the it's a national Just poll. Na- Granted, it's published in Deseret News, so they were curious about Mitt Romney. Oh, I got you, I got you, But I got this you. is a national poll of registered oh God, voters. If they said, so the question if they is, said Trump among, was, had more faith than Mitt Romney, I am going to jump out of a window. Well, you're not going to believe gonna this. going to defenestrate myself. <laughs> so among, this week I've used defenestrate. Good nice. job, Jess. Among Republicans, 
53% of registered voters said Trump was a person of faith. No. Ahead of every 53. More than half. More than every other person on the list. More than half. Yep. He was statistically tied with Mike Pence, who came in at 52 among Republicans. I mean, at least that's demonstrable. Like, he's specifically (laughs) homophobic, which is how we know he's Christian. There, I can say a lot about Mike Pence's religion, but the one thing that's not up for debate is, is Mike Pence religious? He, yes, he is. He's super, like, that's the only thing I know about him. Know. He has the personality <laughs> of a Lego. And if you watched the Republican debate last night, you he also wants you to know he definitely has sex with his wife. Was there another debate? There was. Oh, I my wouldn't God. call it a debate. What happened? Give me oh. a give me a thirty second summary. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy annoyed everybody. Nikki Haley was like, "Every time I listen to you, Vivek, you make me stupider." Um, Mike Ooh. Pence is like, "You guys, I sleep with my wife. I've been married to her for forty years." And wait, no, seriously. And Chris Christie gave a rehearsed line about how if Donald Duck avoids lawsuits or tries to avoid them, they're gonna call him Donald Duck. And then he waited for applause that, that never joke? came. It, based on the responses, no, it was not. Anyway. Was that all the people? There were like eight of them. Two brown people. Seven, does, seven don't matter. Yeah. And Ron DeSantis just tried to awkwardly smile again. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Is that why my friend sent me this gift this morning? That fucking bitch. Look at what she... This is what I woke up to. Oh, a creepy picture of Ron DeSantis trying to smile. I know that smile. That's from debate one. Oh, is it? He tried to do it again last oh, night, and it, and it was... Better also, or worse? No. His debate prep coaches have not taught him smiling. His eyes are so fucking dead. Yes. I would buy that they are like... He's a taxidermied deer. It is correct. Deer. Anyway. Oh, so boy. Ch- among Republicans. Imagine waking up to that. <laughs> if you're Casey DeSantis. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, among Republicans, Donald Trump is their man of faith more than anybody else, 53%. What percent of Republicans said Mitt Romney was a person of faith? Which, by the way, spoiler, answer is yes, he is Mormon. I mean, it has to be at least 45%. 35% among Republicans. Do you okay? I have a very genuine question. Yes. Do you think it's because people forgot that he's Mormon and he doesn't say he's Christian? So they're like, I guess not. I think it's similar to that. I think they just don't consider Mormonism a real religion. So he's not really a person of faith. A little bit what I was trying to say. Yeah, Yeah. I think that's what it is. People are like, oh, it's especially if you don't live in Utah. It's not that common around here. Right. Um, Among Republicans, it went all the way down. Like JFK wasn't that religious because he was Catholic. Yeah. Um, Among Republicans, only 23 percent of Republicans said Biden is a person of faith. A which famous Catholic. He famously is. 12% said Kamala Harris is a woman of faith. I just say I don't know about her. I will tell you about her. Oh, but okay. like, that's that's where this was going. That's how wild this that, is. Like, I don't know what uh, uh, You don't Kamala know her Harris denomination, is, but you know for a fact. I she's Christian. Right? But like, I don't know and I don't care because it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to be this, if they're denying that Biden's faith counts, because he's Catholic, and they think Mitt Romney's religion doesn't count. That's the count. only explanation I can think of. Yeah, the same could probably be said for Kamala Harris, who is Baptist. DeSantis is Catholic. Baptist? Yep. Uh, DeSantis is Catholic. Vivek Ramaswamy is Hindu. Mike Pence is insanely conservative Christian. Is like specifically Baptist? Kamala Harris? No, no, no. Uh, Mike Pence. Pence. I think evangelical. Evangelical. Yeah. But Trump, 
just to run this run down the list because this and is Trump, not sorry, news. What's his uh, face? He doesn't friggin' use a label, but if he does, he's like, yeah, I guess I'm a Christian. Christian. Right. Like, that's his way of it. necklaces with the T on it? This is a guy who is a thrice-married racist who paid hush money to a porn star he was having an affair with when his current wife was pregnant with his fifth child. He is a sexual abuser. He is the two Corinthians guy. He's the guy caught bragging about non-consensually grabbing women because he was a celebrity. He lies about everything. He said in interviews, I don't need forgiveness, which is kind of a thing Christians talk about. He's a guy who, when asked, what's your favorite Bible verse, said, all of them. I I can't think of one. He couldn't name one. Um, And famously, he held up a Bible in front of a church when his team used tear gas to drive away protesters because he's like, oh, right, I got to give Christians Mm -hmm. something to look at here. I'm holding this up. Boom, I'm one of your people. And in return, they're all like, yeah, you are. You're one of us. Like, there are so many things you could call Trump. And that's for everyone who's been asleep for the last nine years. And now back to our regularly scheduled programming. (laughs) Of all the things you could call Trump, devout isn't one of them. There isn't a white evangelical church in America that would allow someone like Trump to be their pastor if they wanted to be taken seriously. But more than half of Republican I'm voters... i tried, if I'm being honest. Doesn't after, that feel like... After an- the presidency and after jail and stuff, <laughs> that's where he'll go. You think he'll find Christ in jail? Oh, yeah. He's not It's part of the redemption tour. He, he won't. But still, fun to think Ooh, about. Yeah. And more than half of Republican voters... Mo- uh, Ew, many of whom. Imagine that orange jumpsuit against his orange skin. Oh, I know. Oh my I can't god, wait. he'd be a beacon. They th- think they are conservative Christians. Mm. They think Trump is a person of faith. Like, and it's not. Here's the thing. It's not because he does anything you're supposed to do as a Christian. Sure. And it isn't because he has any theological thoughts. Like, if he worships anyone, well, it's because he it's Donald says Trump. he is, and they want to believe it. Well, yeah, and like the only way That's you would seriously think he's a person of faith is one. You're right. He just tells people he is, and they believe the lie, and they fall for the pandering. Or they think installing right-wing justices on the Supreme Court for political reasons is the equivalent of accepting Jesus as divine. It's faith in action. Like, what if you're a pastor of any megachurch or any mainstream Christian church, Cannot. you should be ashamed of yourself. We have a finite amount of time. We, ha- we, we already know these people are bad for embracing Trump. You can skip no, but like, over, skip they, like four pages they down. They should be ashamed that they've done such a pathetic job of defining what it means to be a Christian that yeah, half dog. of Republican voters think Trump falls under that umbrella. Yeah, dog, welcome to the world. I know. Why are you surprised by I'm this I'm not surprised. Shit? This tells your me... Your loud voice tells me you're surprised. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I fully <laughs> expected them to, like, they belong... They worship wow, Trump more, more than they than, worship Jesus. The, it, it is wild that they... It, it is interesting. They conflate, I like him with, he is Christian. Doesn't Maybe. that kind of seem what it is? Of I like, wish I wish I they had like gone into more and depth. I only like Christians, and so I wish they'd gone into more in depth into because they didn't release, as far as I could tell, they didn't release the actual like broken down survey. They just yeah. told you the top line big information. Right. I would love to know. I well, mean, what do they mean when right. they say you're a person of faith? Why don't you think? Joe Biden is a person of faith. I mean, my thought would be that they are backing into their faith from their value system, which lines up with with Trump. Because obviously, if they are like going to church and learning about Jesus, who said, "Clothe the the poor and feed the hungry," that shouldn't be what they're getting. But, but if, if they, they are think, racist and they're economically yeah. disadvantaged and angry about, and they it, think abortion is the think end all be all of the their worst faith. thing, and gay marriage is terrible, and hey. And I'm Christian, and I think I believe those things. Therefore, those are Christian beliefs. Hey, 
Trump agrees with me, he's Christian too. That's right. that that is my guess is how we got here. Now, I will say they did break it down to evangelicals, not just Republicans, but what did evangelicals say about the same question? 65% of evangelicals said Pence was a person of faith. So that's higher. 65? Mhm. Okay. So that's correct, but also lower than Whoa. it should be. And only 37% of evangelicals said the same about Trump. Huh. So that's closer to being correct. But, but also that means a th- more than a third yeah. of self-described evangelicals, Don't the people who that take that label seriously. Pence is a man of faith? Mm-hmm. And they a do third. think Donald Trump is a person of faith. What? Could, okay, let's crawl into the brains of somebody. How do you look at Mike Pence, who... Is. Only talks about yep. his religion. That's his only character. Yeah. Versus, like, how do you? The only get way here? I can justify Especially this if you're is evangelical most. And he's evangelical. I think there are a lot of people who pay no attention to politics. Maybe they hear the name Pence huh. and they're familiar with it. But unless you follow politics, you I'm probably the last vice president. You know I him, but they're... you don't read biographies of the dude. And you don't listen to their speeches, because why would you? I think that's really what's going on. Most people just don't pay any attention to the news. Yeah, I think I need to give more credit to people just sort of not lining up with all the important things that I care about, which are the correct things to care about. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But it's still wild that if you know anything about Pence, wouldn't you know he's religious? That's it. That's all I know about him and his Lego hair. I, maybe and he can't be the, alone, a room alone with women. Yes. The best case scenario here is that all these people think a guy, who's, uh, Trump, a guy whose entire career is spewing bullshit, they're yeah. like, yeah, it's a pastor. I mean, <laughs> it's the same thing. True or false, good. right? Like, you, a pastor picks a theme and just like fucking does some jazz on it. Like, that's what <laughs> Trump does. He hears a word recently and he's like, everybody's been talking about the equator because he like just <laughs> learned what the equator is. Yes. It's all the same thing. Yeah. It's shit I've seen in the world and I'm going to talk to you as if it's important I and don't, insightful. I don't want to let Democrats off the hook here because they sucked at this challenge as well. Only 38% of Democrats registered Democrats said Romney was a person of faith. What? Which what says... What are we doing, gang? I don't know. Only 63% of Democratic voters said Biden was a person of faith, which is also wildly low. This is confusing to me because... I th- Most Americans are dumb or apathetic <laughs> or apathetic. I kind of have a soft spot if you just... I don't pay attention to politics. Sure. It doesn't involve me. I think you're wrong. But like, yeah. okay, I get why people would tune out yeah. so they don't know the answers. This to us is like the obvious stuff, sure. and to them it's trivia. Yeah, so I guess just know. if you yourself are evangelical, I feel like you'd kind of have your eye out. <laughs> you it's think. like how apparently like all Howard University graduates have been in nightmares since Kamala Harris got elected of like, <laughs> you know when your person is up there and you're right. cheering. So I guess that's why I'm... Or maybe they're just so used to having Christian representation that it doesn't matter that somebody represents them the way it does that a Howard graduate is a vice president. I don't know, Hammett. I don't know. I just drank more caffeine than I've had in a week. So (laughs) am I talking faster? (laughs) You're all good. Uh, Let's talk about something less heavy. Uh, Kevin Sorbo. 
Who is Kevin Sorbo? Kevin Sorbo is the Beastmaster. Beastmaster? Not even No, close. Young Hercules? Yeah, not no, Young Hercules. Her- regular Hercules. Just you regular Hercules. Who's Young Hercules? Who's Young Hercules? Ryan Gosling. Really? Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. Um, he was Hercules in the 90s, uh, was the worst version of Xena. I didn't mm-hmm. watch either of these. I got a lecture about why I should have been much more into Xena as a kid, and, I, and the person was correct. I should have been more. <laughs> um, and he has gone on to be a middling actor who has drifted further and further right and now does, from my understanding, pretty much exclusively Christian, capital C, Christian projects mm-hmm. and comments about masculinity. That is correct on all counts. And he still has the same, does he still have that same horrible, like, straight hair with, like... Yes. Yeah, he's just, it's, like, he's the like Liza Minnelli. Changed. He's just had the same hair, but Liza works on her. <laughs> she figured it out at, like, 19. This dude just hasn't found a new barber. Mm-hmm. So Sorry. Kevin Sorbo just <laughs> released, <laughs> he just released a new book. It's called The Test of Lionhood. And it's a children's uh, book uh, about a young uh, lion that he hopes will teach little boys how to become, quote, strong men, strong providers for families as they grow up. Which, all right, dude, whatever. Like, I, this is a forgettable idea and a forgettable book. But really, here's the, I'm going to tell you the backstory of this book. Because what it is, the publishers of this book are like, we don't actually care about this book. We're putting very little effort into it. Okay. We just want to give you something that allows news outlets to say, well, let's bring Kevin Sorbo on to talk about trans people. Wait, and who, the book whose motivation is this? Like the publishers are just trying to get Sorbo on TV? It's not is just that what him. You're I'm, I'm getting to this. Oh, okay. The publishers want to get all these conservative middling celebrities who have like large Twitter followings or crazy rumble podcasts. Sure. They want to get them in front of the news more. They want to gin up publicity on their own end. So one way to do it, and we saw it with Kirk Cameron a few months ago, is Kirk Cameron writes a children's book that is on the surface fine, boring. Like, it's hard to write a good children's book. and they're all boring. And these people are not even trying. Mm -hmm. So Kirk Cameron says, I wrote a children's book. You know what I'm going to do, gang? One, I'm going to go on Fox News to talk about it. Sure, who else I'm going to go know? on all my right-wing outlets to talk about it. Then mm-hmm. I'm going to go to libraries and bring all my crazy fans to come listen to a reading. And by the way, oh, your library says you can only hold 100 people. Well, I'm inviting 300. Then the library says, you can't bring all these people here. You're violating our rules. We're going to need you to leave. Mm -hmm. And then someone like Kirk Cameron says, did you just cancel me? Hey, Fox News, I got a reason to be on your show again. What an exhausting life to lead, just chasing outrage. This is not me saying this. This is what Brave Books, the publishers, this is their whole MO. Is Brave an acronym? Nope. Damn it. They are just calling themselves brave Bible books. readers nope. acting very victor- victoriously. What was the last word? Brave e- evangelical. Got it. Nice. Fucking nailed it. There you go. God, I'm good at so that. So brave books. Here's God. the thing. They, they know that all they need is to get publicity. So they find the people who just cry persecution at every turn. Yeah. They're like, we're going to stamp your name on a children's book. Huh. And then we need you to... Get publicity however you want to do it. So for Kirk Cameron, as we saw... down Manhattan. Yeah. With Kirk Cameron, it was, well, I'm going to invite myself to all these libraries, public libraries. (laughs) Invite myself. Well, (laughs) you can rent the space, but he'll do it. It's just a funny... But then when he breaks their rules, and they're like, you can't do that stuff, 
Then he screams about how he's being persecuted for being Christian. Well, that is... raises book sales, mm. and it gets him in front of cameras where he could talk about what he really wants to talk about, which is whatever, abortion, Capitalism gay is good, actually. Now mm-hmm. that I understand how it can be manipulated to make sure Kirk Cameron gets on Fox News more frequently, yep. um, yeah, I'm pro-capitalism. Good news, <laughs> everybody. I'm going to throw out all my socialist bullshit. So the bullshit. thing is, Brave Books has done this mm. with Kirk Cameron, mm-hmm. yes. Representative like Dan... Would. Dan Crenshaw, who is the congressman with the patch on his eye. Oh, sure. Um, so he's right wing as well. A bu- they've done it with a bunch of right wing pseudo celebrities. Again, if you follow politics, oh, you've heard the of them. One, but if you, you haven't heard of, like, if you're not down a right wing rabbit hole, you don't know any of these people. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, this is what actually I was surprised by. Who wrote The Test of Lionhood? Is it Kevin Sorbo? No, because on the cover that? of the book, it says, written by, like, Kevin Sorbo. And, and Brave Books says, I've never seen that before. I've never seen that Literally, before. It's is that AI? The celebrity <gasps> and the publisher co-wrote the book. I've never heard of that. That doesn't sound legal. It is totally legal. Is it? Yes. And the thing is, I like, guess I don't know copyright law. They have literally posted, there's, there's a, a screenshot of like from a couple years ago, the lead writer for Brave Books posted a work ad, a job ad on one of those job boards saying, I work for Brave Books, a children's book publishing company looking for a new staff writer. Oh my God. Uh Why didn't you send that to me? I would have applied. I I would be so good at that. We are hiring a staff writer to join our novel writing team. Wait. Asking applicants to enter. novel in quotes? Is that what you said? No, that's just me because they don't publish novels. It's kids books. (laughs) Asking applicants to enter via a writing contest. And then there's a side oh, note. That's how you hired me. They actually yeah, they say this side note. Our company is an example of the shared universe publisher. In quotes that we talked. About. Every picture book we release was written with a different author who functions as a co-author with our team. Like they say this right up front in the job. This ad. is what I used to do for a living. This is like SEO content yes. farming. So they hire someone who goes unnamed, yeah. who actually you writes pay them the children's thirty thousand dollars a year. That used to be my job. Oh, that's way more than I'm guessing these people no. pay. I don't know what they pay, but well, oh, they don't no pay them salary. I'm but, telling you that right <laughs> fucking now. But yeah, they hire somebody who writes the kids' book. Yeah. And then they find a celebrity who's like, are you cool with this book? Because we're going to slap your name on it. I don't, I don't actually know what Kevin Sorbo contributed sure. to mean, his I'm own sure book. Nothing. I'm sure it's nothing. Maybe he I added he in something. he rubber-stamped something at the yes. end. This and that's is what the it. cover is going to look like. And that's what happened. They get an h- illustrator to do it. Mm. And now you have a book that is ostensibly written by Kevin Sorbo. So or he Kirk can Cameron. go around and plug it. So he can go around and plug it. And what's amazing is I read multiple articles. The book came out earlier this month in September. I read multiple articles on right-wing news outlets about, hey, Kevin Sorbo just released a new book. And what's amazing about every article, I'm talking Christian Post, Fox News, Digital, and Newsmax, on all three websites, none of them spent any time talking about the book. Because there's nothing to talk about because it's a boring book. Here's what happens in the Christian Post. Uh, They quote, Sorbo saying, yeah, it's about strong, making kids into strong men, strong providers for families as they grow up. Making Sorbo, kids or boys? Oh, my God. We cannot boys. make women into boys. strong providers. Sorbo told the Christian Post, all the craziness that's going on with what we're doing to kids now in public schools, you know, we have to let kids be kids and just let them, let them just grow up. Sorbo said it's dangerous to teach children that men and women can swap sexes at will or that children can be whichever gender they choose. 
I almost did a spit take. I know. Swap genders at will. That's what they think trans people are doing. But that's the Christian post. They're like, yeah, Sorbo wrote a book about boys becoming men. Mm. Oh, by the way, here's the rest of our article about how horrible trans people are. Here's Fox News. Um, This is all they wrote about the book. Sorbo expressed concern about drag queen story hours and other activities that he feels are over the top and in our faces today, and especially right in front of young children. Think about it, he said. We give pride an entire month in this country, yet we give our veterans one day. Mm. This is really weird to me. That's their article about his book. And in Newsmax, in Newsmax, it's just him sending the same right-wing talking points. None of them are writing about the book because there's nothing interesting about the book. So here, my favorite line in Fox's article about this, he basically admitted all of this, Mm. but not on purpose. He said, I'm actually quite thrilled that I was asked to be a part of this. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which is not how real authors talk about their own books. I... Like, he did no heavy lifting here. It is just a right-wing diatribe, mm-hmm. a Breitbart blog post disguised as some sort of parable. Mm-hmm. My favorite section in the Fox News article about this, here's the, I'm reading this verbatim. Mm-hmm. The Test of Lionhood, out on Tuesday, August 29, 2023, from Brave Books, takes on these issues in an entertaining way for children. But beyond the pages of his book, Sorbo says he's quite worried about what's going on in the culture. <laughs> That's like two seconds into the article. And then there is a very long article about what he thinks about the culture that has nothing to do with the book. Um, I, so why is he writing this? Oh. He's writing this because guys like him yeah. don't have a reason to talk about any of this stuff. Because nobody un- wants their opinion. Because no anything. one cares about them unless they have something to promote. And this and book so. is the fastest, cheapest way he could find a thing to promote. Mm-hmm. And then if all goes well, if all goes according to plan, if someone complains about the book, they'll pretend it's cancel culture. So there's a blogger, Joe Jervis. He writes, Joe, my God. He's been doing this forever. I oh, love the yeah, guy. Joe, my God. He correctly wrote that Sorbo's book was anti-LGBTQ. And he picked that up from the Christian Post article where it said, this book is about the agenda that blurs the lines of God's creation and what it means to be male and female. Then the article goes on to say, at the end of the book, a few pages are reserved for scripture and what the Bible says about the gender roles God has designed for men and women. So based just on the Christian Post description of the book, you know where it's going. It's anti-LGBTQ. And that's what his headline said. So what did Kevin Sorbo do? He quote tweeted that article and said, yet another example of the left doing whatever it takes to score clicks while bashing Christian conservatives. Yep, that's what we do. My book is about a lion cub club who learns what it means to be... Lion club? A lion cub, sorry. Who learns what it means to be courageous and... Brave, all caps, while on a dangerous adventure to save his sister cub. I guess books that don't include LGBTQ plus characters are automatically anti-LGBTQ. Okay. Uh, I have a few things I want to say over the last few minutes that I've been writing down. First of all, do you think if this is really the message that God wanted to uh, spread out in the country, he would... the best way God would have laid the track is to make a essentially a shell publication company and churn out some terrible children's books to get some asshole white dudes on the 
TV so they can talk about trans kids? Is that, that do you think God That's literally that? what the Bible is. Yeah. Okay. No, I would like to. This isn't the day to do this because we have a limited time, but who cares? I want to talk about the evolution of boogeymen. Um, I'm just gonna, I just wrote down a, a flow chart of how boogeymen started from, like, say, Victorian England to present. Because it started with literal boogeymen, your Spring Hill Jacks, etc. Um, then we had commune, commies, Communist Party. Uh, black people were going to ruin everything. Hippies were going to ruin everything. Divorce was going to ruin everything. Women working and being single mothers was going to ruin everything. Drugs was going to ruin everything. Then we come to the satanic panic of the 80s. And then the 90s when I was growing up, I remember slap bracelets being a huge moral panic. Then gay people, and now we are to trans people. Does that sound about right in terms of the uh, Probably. I'm sure you missed 87 groups there. Yeah, but, but I was also doing it ones. while making some snide remarks to mm-hmm. you, so I feel like I should be lauded for this. I'm going to write this list. Oh, I forgot um, to mention, in Sorbo's post where he's like, how dare they call my book anti-gay. Uh-huh. Uh, Wait, who called it anti-gay and why? Joe Jervis called it anti-LGBTQ because it is. Okay. It is very anti-trans. In what? Oh. Um, and like boys grow up to be men, period. Right. That kind of thing. And in Sorbo's interviews about the book, he's like, trans is wrong. So, it's like, yes, it's an anti-trans book because the message well, he's an is anti-trans clearly human, so yes. who gives a shit what his book but is? But in an earlier version of Kevin Sorbo's Twitter post, which he then deleted and then posted what I just read you, the earlier version, Uh-oh. it said all the same stuff, but at the very end, defamation suit question mark <gasps> it's like nobody that's not defamation we're quoting you oh. and just pointing out that this is anti-gay so I don't, I don't know if that's why you deleted it because it was a stupid thing to say i feel like people like kevin sorbo are the same people who are like oh remember that woman sued mcdonald's for spilling hot coffee uh-huh. oh frivolous lawsuits and then they file lawsuits like this and that woman had like third degree burns and all this shit like it's just one of those I just hate these people. I hate hypocrites so hard in just like the deepest depths of my heart. It makes me so fucking angry that these, this is what these I men with power and money and time are dedicating themselves to. I want Lucy Lawless to write a children's book right now. Oh, Lucy Lawless. Yes. That would be great. I just. Do you want a happy story? Uh, I guess. I'm already pretty low, bud. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on Monday this week, uh, the NASA's Office of Technology Policy and Strategy just swore in their new associate administrator. Her name is Charity Whedon. Uh, her resume is amazing. She spent two decades with the Royal Canadian Air Force. She was senior director of policy at the Satellite in- Industry Association. She got a master's in space science. She seems space science. Yeah, cool as that hell. That is made the fuck up. And when she swore Hello, her, I'm your professor of space science. This is a rock. <laughs> I'm sure that's the master's level. Oh, that over there, that's a star. That is some <laughs> space science for you. See you on Tuesday. Yes. Your midterm is your next midterm week. Your midterm is on how many planets are there? <laughs> <laughs> so she took her oath on Monday. She's the new leader. Yes. And instead of placing her hand on the Bible, uh-huh. what did she place her hand on? Constitution. A comic book. Um, no, no. Carl Sagan. Mm, yes. Cosmos? Contact. Contact, yep. nice. She placed her hand on Carl Sagan's book, Contact. Uh, NASA's press release doesn't mention that, but the photo makes clear that's what she's doing. I wish she had commented on it. She did not. She just did it. Um, and if this sounds yeah, vaguely awesome. familiar, it's because this past April, 
Um, Dr. Mackenzie Listrup, who became the first ever female director of NASA's Goddard Space Flight Center, mm. she took an oath on a copy of Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Pale Blue Dot. Yep. Ooh, I got him wrong twice. So That's... two NASA administrators That's now, great. this year, both women, That's have really now lovely. taken their oath on a Carl Sagan book. I don't know mm. if that's a trend. I don't know if they know each other and like were homaging. I mean, I feel like if you're a science dork, uh, Carl Sagan is pretty much oh, yeah. written on your DNA. I mean, contact, of course, is about the joy and awe and mm. risk of exploring the universe. And it questions what might be out there. When I was little, um, when Contact came out, which was, I think, 1996, so I would have been 10 or 11, my dad saw it in theaters and then was like, we're going to go see it together because uh, mm. Jodie Foster reminds me of you. Oh. And it was genuinely the nicest thing my dad yeah. has said to me to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good movie. It is a good um, movie. And Long just, joy uh, spell of compliments. In case anyone's curious, this has been happening a lot more recently. Uh, earlier when this current Congress was sworn in, one of the representatives, Robert Garcia, he took his oath on a handful of objects, including mm, a copy objects. of Superman number one. Okay, that must be what I was thinking of. Which he got on loan from the Library of Congress. I was going to say. It was impressive. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, other politicians have used a Dr. Seuss book, Cute. law books, the Quran, and mm. Hebrew Bibles. Like, there's no, there's no rule that says you have to swear an oath on the Bible. And if you're going to use a book of fantasy, there are better options yeah. than that one. Have you, have we talked about this? What would you swear in on? I think we have talked about it, and the answer is I have no clue. There are books I like. Yeah. I don't know that I love any of them enough to do that. I'm um, sure there's some family heirloom or something. Yeah, I, I think that what, what jumps to my uh, top of my head is like an original copy of The Phantom Tollbooth. Because oh. I have this tattoo of yeah. it, and it's just a, such a wonderful story of like learning and exploration and stepping outside your point of view and seeing things in like a funny, strange way. Um, and I think that's what I would do. I like that. It's a good tattoo I got. I guess I really feel passionately about the book. <laughs> <laughs> I got one last one. We'll wrap this up because we are short on time. But um, I had to read you this quotation from the transformed wife, our favorite oh, person. I that bitch. Yep. Let me read it to you. Yeah. The pastor at our last church sent his sons to the local public high school. <gasps> his wife told me it was the most oppressive place she'd ever stepped foot on. Why would anyone who claims the name of Christ send their children to some place that is oppressive? This means that demonic activity is alive and well. I have felt this before, and it's terrifying. Get your children out from the demonic public schools and colleges now. Protect their souls. This I love has so much time on her hands. So much. She doesn't work. That's the thing. But well, the th <laughs> she writes a terrible blog, and That's you know it. about that. I do. <laughs> I do. And but I'm the same people who criticize public schools are always the ones who have the craziest ideas of what happens in public schools because really... oppressive. Give me an example. Half How of is my public school are oppressive? Public school teachers, and to hear them tell it, it is. A, the wild fucking West. <laughs> and B, like, I don't have, they have 35,000 students each class. Like, they don't have time to be, like, doing literally anything. They don't have time to do their job, let alone trying to, like, fucking groom your kid or whatever you right. think is happening. Right. And these <sighs> people, I, I wish she would just explain. her. The wife told me it was the most oppressive. I don't even know if the story is true. I don't know if any of her stories are true. But uh, why would a public school be oppressive? What did they do to your kid that you're so upset about? Because right. usually a lot of these times, it's always the parents that are like, public schools are dangerous and horrible. And the kids are like, yeah, it's fine. 
I, I have friends. I'm good. I mean, again, it's it's back to these boogeyman men, boogeyman's boogies man. <laughs> they have to th- dream up a a villain to fight against, and they're yeah. going to continue. They've been doing it for a hundred years. They're going to keep doing it for a hundred more if they keep getting away with it. Right now, it's trans people. Who the fuck knows who it's going to be next? Yeah. Like, you just don't know what they're going to land on. They are like a Frankenstein mob with pitchforks and <laughs> torches. It's And it's always the lowest stakes shit. It's always the people who like to burn books who think they're on the good side. And meanwhile, in their own churches, they're, it's just a bastion of sexual assault. But they're still making up windmills to tilt at as if they aren't the problem. It's so embarrassing. It genuinely is. It should be. It should be embarrassing to them. And it never It's is. like you're not a child anymore. You don't have to dream up villains. You don't have to, like, pretend to fight a dragon. There's actual real bad things going on in the world. A lot of them inside your church. If you want to make a positive difference in the world, maybe, a dra- like, look in the man in the mirror. Ask him to change his way. Mm-hmm. One last tweet for you from her. You did her. not get that Michael Jackson reference at all. I and missed it. I'm sorry. <sighs> My bad. Shema. Yeah, go ahead. Nice. Uh, one last tweet from her. Again, oh, no, one. no reference to anything. This is not a continuation of another tweet. It's a standalone. Nothing. He's a pastor and has five young children. His wife died soon after the fifth baby was born two years ago. He's marrying a precious young woman today that we know and love. It's going to be a great day celebrating the marriage of two becoming one. God created a beautiful love story for them. By killing off. By killing off of five children, the mother of five children, only so that the main character, Prince yes. Philip or whatever Correct. his name is, uh-huh. can find this probably younger. Yes, woman. she said, "Precious young woman." This is very the Dane idea. Cook. Can we talk about the Dane <laughs> Cook thing that just happened? Did he just get married to someone he met when she was eighteen? He so all the headlines are Dane Cook fifty or whatever mar- <laughs> marries Susie twenty four after six years of dating, guys. You know what's funny? I've Guys. seen many fundamentalist Christians say the same thing about, like, we got married. Like, they're, they're both like, she's turning 24 today. It's been, like, 10 years of dating or courtship. And it's like, wait, can you back up for just, can you tr- do the math it, it there? It happens a lot. Or, <laughs> or they'll say, well, oh, um, you know, I'm 45 and she's 22. Well, we've known each other for 10 years, yeah, but we've only yeah. been dating for four years. <laughs> No Christ. problems there, right? Yeah. There's no blurred lines or uncomfortable. This is the thing. I have no problem with this pastor. Let's say this is real. Let's say his wife died after the fifth baby was born. That is tragic. <laughs> like You're not even willing to take this at face value. No. Like, let's say that tragedy happened in his life and he's getting remarried. I don't care. Like, I have no problem with that. That's right. fine. Go, go celebrate the day of marriage. Fine. Mm. The line that's just... God created this beautiful story. It's like the people who are like, there was a hurricane, but the church was left standing. Mm -hmm. Like 87 people just died, Karen. Like, what are you doing? Can I, uh, just a really quick personal story on on top of that. Um, There was a family I grew up with. Um, The siblings were all older than my brother and I. Um, and we would go to Wisconsin every summer with them. Um, and just like lake and be in the lake and boat and things like that. Um, I don't know if they were always very religious, but certainly as, um, as they got older, the, the um, dad in particular became more religious. Uh, the, the mom, her name is Kathy, one of my favorite human beings in the entire world, just a ray of joy. Um, she died in 2008 of, of cancer. Um, John, the, uh, the father, 
was married 14 months later um, to a Pilates instructor. And they got married so quickly because they wanted to preserve the sanctity of marriage. So I was put in the really cool position of showing up at a wedding of family friends of mine and saying to the daughters of the, who are all adults in their 20s and 30s, I'm sorry for the loss of your mother at the wedding of their father. Like, I did not have a chance to see them and mourn with them before John was prancing down the aisle with this woman. Like, this, this... Why are you bringing that up? Because it's the same fucking thing. No, why they... Why? Oh, yeah, like, it's just like, you don't... you, you can acknowledge that things are gray. This is a wedding day and we're happy for these people. We have to like take a beat and say like, somebody died. Like it, this is not how anybody envisioned this. We're going to make, this is life. We're going to make the best of what we do. What we should not do is pretend that like this woman who birthed five human children and then died is a like side character in this guy's main story. Yeah. It sucks. It sucks so fucking bad. And this willingness to just disregard somebody who's gone so the man can maintain his status quo is disgusting. And I I just, I I don't speak to those people anymore. I haven't spoken to them in 20 years. Those aren't, that's not, the math didn't work out there. But it's just. I get it. it, it, It's devastating. It is devastating to have to, like, put on a happy face when essentially your your aunt died recently and you're still dealing with it. Like, it just. I, I, I lost respect for, for, for him, and I, it's, I don't know. Obviously, I'm still really upset by it, because it was a painful thing. No anyway. That I, seems like a good spot to end. Yes. Um, there are more stories, I promise you, that I want to talk about. I'll save them for next week. Uh, you can leave us a review on your iTunes. Um, this one is by Lurch1868. Definitely recommend this. Five stars. Been listening to some other atheist podcasts and recently found out one of my co-works Coworkers' spouses is an atheist. We're in the South, so, and we hit it off talking about our favorite atheist podcasts, and they mentioned this one. Aww. So I gave you all a listen, and I gotta say, these guys are top notch in their discussion and very relatable. Definitely recommend. Thank you both, and keep up the good work. That's, That's a really sweet. nice one, Lurch. Thank you. And it wasn't even qualifying. Like, even when they suck, I still enjoy <laughs> them. That's 90% of the reviews. Uh, you could support the show by going to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. We support. Uh, you can support <laughs> us and we support, we appreciate the support is what I meant we to say. We support your support. We support your support. Let us support you to support um, us. We'll hopefully see you in person a week from now. Yeah. We'll be back with a regular episode really soon. Really excited. Dolly's going to be there too. I hope to see you in Denver if you're anywhere in the area this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And We've got our bonus episode. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. We'll um, I'm going to Kentucky out. today, so I'll probably talk about that. Fun. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.